Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Happy birthday! Is there's on your birthday? Oh, oh, oh! I was confused. I was like, it is not my birthday. <laughs> what year is it? Did I pass out? No, just because you're wearing the ice beanie doesn't mean that you were in a coma. I think it might. Shout out to the Ice Beanie. They're not giving us giving us money, but if, if RJ Hates Rap can have a fake sponsorship from Seagram's Gin, then at least I'm going to get a fake sponsorship from the Ice Beanie. Is that they need more money? I think they got a deal on Shark Tank. So I mean, it's great. Hands free ice pack on my head. It, that's the main thing. Because the main thing with having an ice pack on your head is that all times you're like, well, I can't move. Right, right. Like you got to hold it, or you got to sit, so it's like stays yeah. in place. This one yeah. is great. It's a cold hat. It is. Yeah. Did you get the movie? Nope, read? sure didn't. Cool. So tell people what date it is and what we do here as a test to you. On your, this is your birthday gift for me on the show. Is you trying to... I, oh, thanks. Uh, you could do, take do, that back. I, I don't, don't accept that gift. It is Thursday, December 21st when we're recording this. So a few days early for my birthday, which is on Christmas Eve. Um, we are married. We have movies. We talk about those things on this show because we don't really have anything else to do. <laughs> That's a lie. We have a lot of things going on. It's but we enjoy the You can stop. I'm opportunity. back. <laughs> I'm back. It's okay. You're done. <laughs> no, this, 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 this hat is making, this ice hat's making my speech slow. Um, no, we enjoy the opportunity to poke fun at each other, talk about stuff on the show, and if I never have to do this introduction part again, that I'll makes... be real happy. That'll be if, the true gift. Yeah, if you, I, I second that in terms of me never wanting to hear you do that again. Uh, hey, 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 you can shut the fuck up. I know. Who's reading this, by the way, when we get there? I do believe it is you. Okay, no problem. Um, I wasn't listening to what you were saying, so hopefully people know what the show is now. Uh, yeah, it's the week before Christmas, and you, like most people, I feel like, Christmas is on a weird, it's on a Monday this year, mm-hmm. so it's weird in terms of, like, when the schools are done, like, this was technically Jillian's first day on, like, like I think that's also why I'm, winter like, break. I have had the worst headache all day today, and I think it's because I am It's used. not all because of her. <laughs> no, but I work from home now. Right? I was always one of those who's I never could do it. Oh, but, I mean, I love it. I really do. And while sometimes it does get lonely, and, you know, you work from home every now and then, like it's nice to have company, but I just love having, like, the silence in the house and, like, being able to do my stuff mm-hmm. and not, you know, have to worry about anyone else for, you know, eight hours of my day. And, um, yeah, 
that Not is over <laughs> for the next two weeks. two weeks, which are arguably two of the busiest weeks of my yeah, job. That's what I was getting at, was like a lot of people right now are already in like holiday mode, mode, vacation yeah. mode, mm-hmm. like people are starting to be off, and like, I, I've been busy this, as fuck this week, so have you... It's like, man, what, this year just feels like no one's, like, chilling for the holidays. Like, can we just chill? It is four yeah. days from Christmas, and I'm just counting down to when I can drink and eat myself into a fucking stupor. Yeah, um, basically. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's fun. But uh, we're almost there, and we'll have a full report on all of that next week, along with our final movie of 2023, which is going to be as much fun to talk about after the news of today, but we'll get into that next week. Um... Do you know what I'm referring to? No. Do you want me to tell you now? Or do you want me to? You'll know before next week, so I guess I have to tell you now. Well, what movie are we watching? We're watching next Fast week? X next week. So based off of that, give me three guesses as to what I'm referring to as to why that movie is no longer going to be as fun to talk about next week. Because. If you get this exactly right, I will buy you another Christmas present tonight. Because Vin Diesel has said. That he will not do any other ones. Incorrect. But there was a half second there where I thought you were going to get it exactly right. (laughs) Because Vin Diesel said that he's learned how to properly hold a Corona beer bottle. There's nothing he has said. Okay. Because Vin Diesel has... He has um, stolen several cars. <laughs> That'd be great with. No, all those would be so much better than what it actually is. No, he has sexual assault allegations put against him now. For back from uh, Fast Five. So, yay. Cool. Yeah, I, I should have preferenced it wasn't anything funny. <laughs> Which makes yeah, talking about gone, the Fast yeah. franchise like the worst possible thing. Because it's just ludicrous <sighs> and ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, that, that's fine. Uh, so we'll not talk about that next week, and we'll talk about uh, the last movie in the franchise up to this moment, and now possibly uh, forever. Um, right. But I do have to talk about what I watched yesterday. We, we don't have anything else to talk about since we last recorded. We haven't watched anything else besides like we watched the finale of Survivor, and we watched other Christmas movies while we were wrapping presents and playing with Jillian. Yeah, yeah. Nothing Jillian watched Jingle all the way with us and had an absolute blast. And then um, we watched Christmas Vacation. Yes. Uh, my second time this season. I watched yesterday because it was its debut date on Netflix while I was at home uh, working hard but still able to p- pay attention to a movie. I watched Maestro on Netflix, the second directorial feature film by Bradley Cooper, also starring Bradley Cooper, the biopic about uh, the life of Leonard Bernstein and his... Wife, played by Carrie Mulligan, one of the big Oscar contenders of the season. It's starting to pick up some steam after kind of a ho-hum, so-so early mm-hmm. festival run as it had earlier on in the year. So I was really excited because we talked about earlier on this year, Star is Born. I think it's one of the best first films, uh, you know, I've ever seen a, a director have. And I, I'm not super familiar with Leonard Bernstein, but... Biopics are not my favorite thing, That's but I, I will give Bradley Cooper some some leeway in in the world uh, with it. 
until I watched the movie. <laughs> I thought it was kind of bad. Wow. <laughs> I, so, again, biopics in, on this podcast and I have, don't have a good history, which it's is funny true. considering we're going to watch Oppenheimer in three weeks' time. And I think Oppenheimer is like in my top five favorite movies now. But this just really lacked any like clear message or mood or tone. This was him being like, all right. I won an Academy Award. Give it to me, please. I'm going to play every single cliche and hit from both the big, bombastic, Oscar bait biopic bucket and every trope I can think of from, like, the indie art house. I'm going to fucking mash them all together with the little bit that I know. And it just kind of created a really boring, vapid mess of a movie, in my opinion. It was two hours and 15 minutes, and I checked multiple times how much time I had left. Wow. I just didn't dig it all. I think it looked great. The cinematography was fantastic. I think Carrie Mulligan does a really, really good job. Um, I thought Bradley Cooper was really obnoxious in it. Really? I, 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 the fact that he is kind of emerging as potentially challenging Killian Murphy as the front runner right now, along with Paul Giamatti, who I hope has like a resurgence and actually would be my vote for it at the moment of the ones that I've seen. Like it boggles my mind. That's like, I th- crazy. I felt it was like a Razzie worthy performance. If I'm being honest, there's one big moment in the movie that like everyone's referring to. And I, and I, I do think it was good, but it was just very showy and f- all of it felt kind of false to me. It felt very, Put on. That's interesting. Are you in the minority with that opinion? Yes and no. So like I said, I, I as soon as I watched it, I was like, am I just like fucking wrong? Because so far this season, I've been pretty in tune with a lot of people's thoughts and opinions. So the uh, the movie podcast that I you know listen to all the time actually had an episode on it today. I'm mostly finished listening to their thoughts, and they both are still trying to wrap their heads around what they kind of thought about it, but they do give it uh, quite a bit of flowers. But... I was glad they kind of felt the same way I did. It was like, what is he trying to say with this? And mm. why did we not feel like we got it at all? Hmm. Um, That's interesting. And, yeah, it's definitely got lower, like, Letterbox and IMDb and Metacritic scores than some of the other ones that are kind of out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a movie that kind of, like, May, December had a good little moment when it first hit Netflix a couple weeks ago where people were, like, talking about it on social media and kind of putting it up on a pedestal, and I think it deserves so compared to Maestro. Maestro doesn't really have that moment that can kind of get people to talk about it. I mean, people have already talked about it in that, you know, Bradley Cooper basically put, for lack of a better term, Jewface on with the, you know, the prosthetics and the nose and the way that he looks and everything. Um, I think that's as good as it's going to get for, like, it, it to be in the conversation. So... I'm not a fan, so he is one for two for me. That's interesting. And also, it didn't help that like right now he's hitting the campaign trail hard, and while he's doing it, he's kind of like throwing what he thinks are well hidden barbs towards Oppenheimer and a couple of other movies. And it's like, dude, you're not fucking hiding anything here. And it also makes him sound really, really silly Mm. and just desperate for. I mean, I think I'm not. 
100% this fact, but I think he is either the individual or one of the individuals, like in the top five, that has been nominated for Academy Awards the most without a win. Like, because you figure not just with acting performances, I think he has a couple producing credits and uh, like writing credits and things like that. Oh, that's and, like, interesting. The, for him not to have one, he's at the point now where he's like, give it to me! Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, if he gets it for this, I'm going to be really fucking mad. Because hmm. this, this was not it. Um, that's interesting. So yeah, so uh, next episode of Nof by then we're going to hopefully be watching, I'll be watching hopefully more. three movies next yeah. week. You'll, uh, you and Jillian will be two. We'll tackle those when we get there. But um, enough of that. Let's get into the movie that you selected for your birthday. For my birthday. In my birthday. Um, which is also closely related to one of the movies we are hopefully going to be watching. Next week. In theaters next week. Uh, Wonka. The movie is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. David L. Wolper presents Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, here we go. Your golden ticket to the timeless classic in sparkling Blu-ray high definition. I got one of these for once. Mm-hmm. Join the expedition visiting legendary Candyman Willy Wonka, Gene Wilder, in a splendiferous movie that wondrously brings to the screen the endlessly appetizing delights of Roald Dahl's classic book. Jesus Christ, I got through that. Wow. Coated with flavorful tunes and production design that constantly dazzles the eye. This effervescent musical never fails to enchant young and old. Don't fucking put your finger up like I was going to fuck up effervescent. I thought you were. So did I. I don't think I've ever seen that word written down before. Uh, On a whirlwind tour of Willie's incredible edible realm of chocolate waterfalls, elfish Oompa Loompas, and industrial-sized... Fuck, fuck, fuck. I knew I was going to fuck up one. Confections. A boy named Charlie, Peter Ostrom, will discover the sweetest secret of all, a generous, loving heart. And you'll rediscover the magic of a delicious family classic. All right, all right. Uh, look, getting out of one there, I'll fucking take. Oh boy. I stopped on it for whatever reason. I was gonna be convinced. Well, we at the Willy Wonka convention. What is this? Mm-hmm. So I have sixteen. You have fifteen. Oh fuck! You caught back up. I sure did. Great. <laughs> Motherfucker. So you selected this movie look, to watch. Yeah. It's a classic. It's a great movie. It is awesome. I grew up watching it. Um, I love Roald Dahl. I've been on a kick with Jillian. We've been reading about Roald Dahl. And I know some of the things that people are going to say, but his books are still part of my childhood and my adulthood and everything like that. So... You know, it's in a way of like every time I watch a wrestling program that has Hulk Hogan on, I'm just like, oh god, what a piece of shit! Right, but, right. But it still gives me the but, warm and fuzzies every now and then because of the, the memories I associated with them. The memories and like, I think we've talked about it before, and it's funny you say that about like Vin Diesel and and what his, the allegations are against him and everything. And there, we talked about it. I think on one podcast that there's going to be a time where we're not going to be able to talk about anybody mm-hmm. in anything yeah, because of everything. Comes, the Epstein list comes out next month, so that's going to be a horrible. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I mean, and it happened when we did Seven and, and with um, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey yeah, and everything like that. Like, I, it sucks. I, uh, but I separate the art from it. And, and Raw Dahl was a very talented writer. Um, and this is, one of his most famous works, and right down to the fact that I did not know this. So I'll give you my little quick backstory. I'm way behind on this. 
uh, in terms of the fact that the, my introduction role doll was James and the Giant Peach and Matilda. Mm-hmm. And I never really watched Willy Wonka until, I want to say, either the end of high school or maybe even college. Wow. Never seen it before. And then, of course, when I saw it, I, I, I felt behind and I fell in love with it. Um, but I didn't really know until we started watching it when the credits were, that the opening he, credits that were going, he wrote it. He wrote it. He wrote the screenplay, but, but I, he hated but it. I knew either from us having the conversation about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which we'd already done for the podcast a couple of years ago, or in my research for that, that uh, that movie like its story is technically closer to the book to the book Correct. in terms of the songs that are in it Correct. and some yes, other things. I mean the whole uh you know Willie's dad subplot in that movie is totally fabricated for but, that movie. But, but the rest of it it's more closely aligned more close. with so, what he wrote. So and so this seeing that he actually wrote it and disowned it was very intriguing to me. But like it kind of makes sense because I feel like it's just, this movie is one of the biggest, to me, byproducts of, like, the fucking 70s I've ever seen in Absolutely. my entire life. It is, it is, I think, its biggest hindrance and it's and one of its biggest positives is that it is so twisted in a way that it could only happen when it happened. You couldn't remake the same version of this movie, which is why they had Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, now Wonka. Like, you couldn't have a lot of the same elements and and things like that. It's got the strangest vibe that every time I watch, I'm just like, number one, this is not a kid's movie. Like, it's not a kid's movie at all. It's 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 got kids in it. It's got kids in it where they're almost murdered all the time. But, but it's not a kid. It, it is it it is because it's got bright colors and it's got songs and it, it's, it's like, based it's, on the kids' it, book. It's got it's a good message. It's kind of like HR Puffin stuff. Sure, right? But it it if you look at any semblance of subtext, um, and if you like, if you listen, actually listen to the Oompa Loompa songs, then you would know this is not really for children, right? So. It's it makes sense that to me the, the the what I know about Roald Dahl and reading his books and stuff the vibe of this movie doesn't really fit into what he has and what he's going for so the, it kind of makes sense but I'm I I don't know enough about to know kind of what was pushed on him what they asked him to do so it, it's intriguing to me but yeah this is this is a a classic that classic. I, that is one of those movies where I, I just mentioned that I didn't really experience it or know about it until much later in my life and uh, much later into its existence. And then it's one of those movies where like you watch something else and you just now get the reference. Mm -hmm. Like there's things I'm still figuring out and finding out in other projects that technically come from Willy Wonka that I find very, very interesting. Absolutely. Um, I love that you have now taken that ice hat off and are using it exactly how you were complaining about using it earlier. Well, I because it was wasn't getting to the right the my temple. So pull it down. No, but then I couldn't see it, so I had to take off my glasses, and then I couldn't see, and then I couldn't hear. So then I think I was going to talk really, really loudly, and it was going to be obnoxious. You are. You're shouting. Am I? No. <laughs> ah. So, uh, 
So what what is your favorite thing about this movie? What do you think my favorite thing about this movie is? It's an interesting... Well, the character Veruca Salt. That is accurate. Yeah, which is a That's noxious. correct. But yeah, um, that, why wouldn't that... Why wouldn't that be my favorite part of this movie? For the reasons you just said, oh, wait, you didn't say them. You just turned into her immediately. I want to name Palumpa Daddy. I want to name Palumpa now. Ow! You just beat me up last night, and now you're throwing the ice bean. That's not a that's not a light beanie. This isn't like a fucking. It's ice, though. It's, it felt nice. Yeah, people probably heard that thunk against my arm. Did it feel nice? No. Greenland is full of ice, and Iceland is very nice. Thank you, D two. Besides this fucking bitch, <laughs> what is your favorite part about Willy you're Wonka? You're so rude. No, I I like the I like the overall story. I like the children and the mischief that happens in the factory. I just think it's a good time. It's just fun to to watch and get into. I mean... It is impossible to overstate how easy an MVP choice this is. It's Gene Wilder. Absolutely. It, it is one of the greatest, I think, single solitary performances in a movie from from the very beginning ever. from the very beginning limping onto the scene and the backstory boom, behind it doing that flip you know the backstory behind it right he just wanted to do a flip that's no, all he wanted no, he just wanted to do a flip that's not why. he was just having fun on set that's not it he's not fucking carry struck sure he is no uh he agreed to do the movie on the condition that he entered the movie doing that with the cane. Yeah, with the, that, yeah, he just wanted to the do a flip. The reason being is because from that moment on, both the characters in the movie and the audience had no idea what the motives or what the character could do or be about. And it's it's brilliant because you don't. Anytime he's changing his tone of voice and seeming ominous or carefree or yeah or or manic or excited or genuine or happy like you don't know right up until that moment where charlie gives him the candy back and reveals his true nature does and even after that you're like oh wait this motherfucker's gonna kill them in this glass elevator going through the roof like you still don't 100 percent know what his deal is and the thing i appreciate about this compared to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, definitely, and what I'm assuming Wonka is, because it's a prequel, is there's no context around it either. The most you get is is Grandpa Joe earlier in the movie talking about how Willy Wonka has kind of isolated himself based off of people stealing all of his ideas, right? And or and you know, trying to capitalize on what he created so he he can't trust anybody and even gets into it when he tells Charlie later on, like, I can't give this to an adult, it has to be a child who, you know, mm-hmm. takes my ideas and, and keeps the lupa safe and whatever. Um it's just that's just that's the most you get out of it. So he's just this enigmatic loon that ends yeah. up having this pure heart and this pure message behind what he's trying to bring to the world. But you're never 100% sure about it. So while it's whimsical and funny, it also has this incredible sense of like danger and almost evil behind it as well. It's and not, that's what makes it so engrossing to not, watch. Not evil, I think, but not more of evil. like um more of like a very like you're just very 
cautious. Like it's a, a foreboding, foreboding unease. Foreboding unease. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And really... Because you don't know if these kids are actually going to die or not. No, too. half the time you're like, sure. Kill them. Kill them, yeah. Drown them in that chocolate river. Well, Augustus, I think, is the most innocent of all the well, kids. Well, because he's there for five minutes and all he does is eat. Yeah. You relate to him more than any of them. That's half my years. Because <laughs> um, honestly, until he... I, I always forget, it takes like a good like 30 to 40 minutes before we get to Willy Wonka. And get to the factory. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Yeah, we, we have to build the... Uh, the movie is really slow and really random until we, we got We gotta have the, the Candyman song. Is that Candyman allowed near children? Can we talk about this number no, one? No, no, not at all. So the, did you see who the original Candyman was supposed to be? Who? <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr.? That would have been great. Well, because well, because he later on would adapt that song and it kind of became like a late hit for him. But like... They were just like, no, because then people are going to be like, hey, look, at Sammy Davis Jr. singing around kids. Not that there's anything bad about that, but it becomes Sammy Davis Jr. and not a candy man in this world. Sure. But it would have been better than this guy just open up this the movie, creepy. kind of romantically singing about sweets in front of a bunch of, of underage people. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you have that stuff. You have all the background on, on, on Charlie and his family, and you yeah, see him at you, school, you, and then you, you live see him at school, through... and then you see, like, his family's in the bed, got some four grandparents staying in this bed, and then swerve, they can actually walk. Well, no, one of them can actually walk. Well, we don't know that. I'm going to say it at least 17 more times on this episode. Fuck, Fuck you, Grandpa, Grandpa Joe. Joe. Grandpa Joe, you piece of smelly shit. You don't know if he smelled. They've been in bed for 20 years. Is there any indication? So they never say like, oh, they've been in bed for 20 years, but like they get up to go to the bathroom. Like it's just glossed over. Like his feet and his legs should be black. You shouldn't have them. Like, well, no, I'm sure he gets, they get sponge bathed by that mother. Oh, God. All four of them. George, Georgina, Joe, and Josephine. It's just fucking gross and it makes no sense and I really don't like it. But the fact that Grandpa Joe gets his first opportunity to fucking spring the coop and and not contribute, mind you, the dad's dead, and they probably he's got to still have his tobacco. Yeah, he still has to have None his fucking tobacco. He gets he's like, oh, I'm going with Charlie. He almost gets he almost fucking costs and Charlie how, everything how, how by burping his way up this fucking how building. How is he and Charlie so close? And Charlie's not close with any of the other ones when they're all in that bed. I'm not gonna. Does ask Charlie also sleep in that bed? I think and Charlie still sleeps standing up. Oh. <laughs> I think Charlie still sleeps in the corner. Uh, but you get all of that, but also you like you live vicariously through like all these news reports and almost all these little like asides and like sketches. So like you get like a different news reporter, obviously, as you go to like find each children, but you stay with that news reporter like way too fucking long. Um, there's that scene with uh, the guy in the computer. And like the scientists trying oh, to like, oh yeah, trying to figure out where the next, figure out where there is. I'm like, unnecessary. That's like a five minute scene. It's unnecessary. I'm like, there are some things that could have been tightened up, but I do. And like, this is not a long movie either. But I do like some of the things where they they did like when the news reporter with Augustus when he found it, and then Augustus like, you see there he's in a restaurant, everything he eats the microphone. I mean, I think they they did a good job like There's giving you a lot of that personality without getting a lot of that screen time with the character. There are good zany asides and bits to all of that, but there are also a lot of either to me monotonous or bad performances and a lot of time away from what I know is going to be good. 
like the first time you see it, it it doesn't bother you. But at this point in the movie, like at this point in my life, having seen this movie five or six times, I'm like, I can we just get to the chocolate factory? Like it's not building the ante- anticipation the right way because also. Like, Charlie finds a ticket, and, like, in the span, I feel like after Grandpa Joe, this tobacco-smoking lazy prick, does his fucking jig and celebrates <laughs> doing nothing. Uh, like, as soon as that's done, in the span of, like, like two minutes, like, we're outside the chocolate factory because it's the next day. So, like, the one thing I will credit the Tim Burton version over is I felt it did a better job of building the anticipation to it of, like, getting to the chocolate factory and like the chocolate factory being unveiled and like kind of the mystery around it all. Yeah. So this is just like, it was all the build up to getting the ticket, which is a, which is a fantastic, like wondrous moment. Like it's, it's really, really nice that how that plays out and it you know, is. run Charlie, run home and yada, 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 yada. But like, I feel like I need a little bit more to kind of understand like how important this is. Is like, this is, a phenomenon. This like, takes over the world, essentially. And we might have talked about this on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but I have to ask it here as well, just in case I forgot. Is there anything that could ever happen like this in the real world? Absolutely. W- give me an example. Like, what? what is something that, like... And I'm not talking about, like, the closest thing I could think of is, like, fucking, like, Beanie Babies, or... Not, like, fads so, or anything, like that, but, like, like, McDonald's... So, something that... Monopoly giveaways. People go crazy for on a global scale that's that literally impact I fuck I know what you're gonna say go ahead and people have gotten in fights and arguments and go ahead resold tickets yeah you're right to the Taylor Swift era yeah. show fuck Taylor Swift is Willy Wonka Taylor Swift is Willy Wonka oh my sure god is. I've been looking for this answer for like 20 years and I it's hate It's been right in front of her. you the whole time. I no, love it. No, she was like seven then. She's Times Person of the Year. I know she is. I bought you the fucking magazine. I know it. <sighs> um, but she's Times Person God of the Year. She, damn it. She, God damn it. I hate that I walked right into that. Oh, he, I'd come he did. Up with that for, did you have that written down or did you think of it on the spot when I just said it? No, I'm a great improviser. I thought of it on the spot. God damn it. I can't believe I didn't think of that first. Oh, that would have been great. I mean, you, you basically cheated up for me. You said, I, is there anything, there's never going to be anything else that happens where it's a global phenomenon and people go nuts and no da 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 I mean, I literally remember sitting in this fucking seat that I'm in right here uh, for, oh, for a year ago. For seven hours. For seven hours. Uh-huh. And then when it happened, like, us both being like, oh, we got it. Like. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, fuck. 100%. God damn it. Uh-huh. What a bitch. Um, you are, I know. You're a bitch, I know. So that's been all for this <laughs> week's episode. That's a that's a series wrap on Mary's <laughs> movies. Uh, but I do, I do like the individuality of all the other kids and like their backgrounds. But again, I wish I had more of it, just because I think the setup to each one of them was longer than what we actually got. Like the gloops are wonderfully gross. Like there's one moment where, like when we were watching where like Augustus like takes a bite of something and like. You just see, like, the spit and, like, the nastiness come out. And it's oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. God. Like, no, in that interview, like, with the steak. Yeah. you just like, ugh. And then you see, you know, Veruca, the original Karen, in her in her dad's factory, you know. Yeah. They only opened. A, a tyrannical yeah. wench. 
Yeah. Um, Me and Karen. They've opened like 700, they open like 760,000 yeah. bars of chocolate and it's not enough. But like Violet, Violet's saying, I feel like is really quick. And then Mike TV saying it's plenty long enough. Because <laughs> uh, he's that fucking mouth talking, corner mouth talking motherfucker. So, so I know I said earlier that you relate most to Augustus Gloop, right? Because all he did was if eat. You can, if you compare me to Mike TV, this show might end. But really. But really what? The character that you're most like. Just because I'm loud and abrasive? Yes. And I like television? Yes. Look at how I'm speaking. Boom. Dead center. Right of my mouth. I don't talk out the side of my mouth like I'm a fucking Lollipop Guild member and dress up like Howdy Doody's dickhead cousin. But you would if you were born in the 70s. No, I wouldn't. If I was born in the 70s, I would be loving me some... What, Western? What, 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 no, what age are these kids? No, I don't like Westerns now. What age are these kids? Uh, they're 10. They're like 10, 10 okay. 10, 11. So I'm trying to think what a 10-year-old... So I would have been born in like the late... I would have been born in like the early 60s. Flipped throughout. I would have liked uh, yeah, like Hanna Barbera like... cartoons. Nah. I would have still liked like fucking football. Like no, nah. I'm not gonna like fucking westerns and no, fuck that shit. <laughs> How dare you compare me to Mike TV? Just because I whooped your ass being Mike TV in the Wonka game we played the other night. Don't compare me to Mike TV. Whooped your ass in that game. Uh, just like I've been whooping your ass in all the games we've been playing, but we won't get into that argument after we got into it last night. It wasn't an argument. You actually tried to beat the shit out of me after I beat you so bad in so many games. But anyway, uh, but all those, like, all the hysteria things. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it. All no, the... I'm going to turn it off. Why would I want to continue having a conversation with you? You always have to make things personal. I was obviously joking. Don't drink my water. Get your own fucking water, asshole. For half a second, you turn into Augie doing spoiler. Don't touch my goddamn book bag. <laughs> um, <laughs> but all the hysteria scenes are just so wickedly odd. And like, go to a commentary on like the society at the times, and also society henceforth, now, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's it, I wasn't really like aware of it or grasp it right away. But as the movie progresses and you see each Oompa Loompa song and you see the child, like you, it all kind of falls into into place. Also, like I really want to reiterate how there's at least two or three scenes up front that have no real correlation to any direct character, and it's just about the world we live in and what Willy Wonka is doing to people. Like the ransom scene. There's that scene oh, where absolutely. the woman has like the last case of like like Wonka bars that could possibly have the ticket, right? And like somebody kidnaps her child. No, it was her husband. Kidnaps her husband and is holding him for ransom for the bars. Name the price, and she's like, "Uh, what now?" <laughs> I gotta think it over. Yeah, she's like, "Has to think over getting her I husband mean, back for these Wonka bars." Would you? Like, would you trade? Would you trade your wrestling toys for me if I was kidnapped? I'd have to get a price on them first. Uh huh. I mean, that's. I, I thought you were gonna say Willy Wonka's like a visit to a chocolate factory. Yeah, it's fine. But like, yeah, that's a lot of that's a hard lot of hard work up there. <laughs> Happy birthday! Um, but you every see, day, my fucking life. You see how people are the worst. Yeah, you as are the as, worst. As soon as he, as soon as Charlie gets the ticket, and it's like this mob scene—the one lady blowing up his spot, like he found the last ticket. Let's go fuck him up, basically. Yeah, yeah and they all are trying to like give him money for it. Yeah. And then Slugworth appears out of fucking nowhere, like the jump scariest of all jump scared yeah. evil motherfuckers. 
Um, so, but like I said, all of this being said, we're 35 minutes in the podcast, and we haven't really talked about anything that happens inside the chocolate factory. Just kind of like the movie, movie. almost. It, it's, you cannot wait for Willie well enough, and then he comes out and then you're just off to the races. Because, yeah, yeah. Because from there, you have all the, the oddities of, are we getting bigger, or is he getting smaller, or, or scratch that, reverse it. And like, all that stuff. That leads you right into really the money shot of the movie, which is when you get into the chocolate, the chocolate room. room and he sings the pure walk. imagination. Oh my god! And the also the great thing beautiful. is the great thing is I think besides like one or two of the people in that cast, like that was the first time they had even seen it as it was well. Amazing! So like that that's, it's that's genuine, fucking movie making. That authenticity, right? It's perfection. There's, it's one thing to like rehearse things, but to rehearse things and add in that element. Because I read that, too, about there were a few scenes here where they would rehearse a scene, but, like, some of the verbiage or some or an action or something like that would not be revealed to everyone to make sure that it was authentic and genuine. Oh, of course. And I think that that's fantastic. And, and it really does come across because, like, you see how you're reacting on the screen, and that, that's pretty cool. I think from the moment those doors open into the chocolate room and... Jim Walter says sings uh, pure imagination, and you lose Augustus Galoop, and then you get the introduction of the Oompa Loompas singing their song, and like their whole deal, and then you go right into Willy Wonka freaking out on the boat, and doing like that monologue and like the psychedelic ass trip that everyone kind of goes on. Like that is an almost unassailable pristine 15, 20 minutes. And that's what I'm referring to about, like, everything that built up to that. Like, I, I I think it would be just as special if you got to it earlier and you had more stuff like it. But God damn it, it is almost like lightning in a bottle. How awesome that stretch of the movie is. And never really, like, reaches those heights. Like, from that moment, I feel like it is kind of a come down. I don't think so. I. I mean, it's, it's still got solid, awesome stuff. But I do had, think I do think the movie really strong peaks beat. there. But yeah, I think I think I think it does because I think that's when it when it, you flip the switch in that you know in that lead up and in that scene and and yeah, I don't think that it's and I don't think it's meant to go above it. No, because also I think like you figure you you have like the most people like you've only lost Augustus and his mom, so you have like the most people hand, so you're getting the most impact of how many people you can have react to this insanity. You have you're still getting accustomed to what's happening, and you're still totally unaware of where you could be going or what could be happening, and for it to go there, well then you're like, well I'm not moving, <laughs> like like this movie right. could go then a thousand different directions, blow up into a blueberry and you're like oh shit but see like but let me keep watching so that's a good example of what i'm referring to right now is so violet turning violet is kind of worth the wait because that whole inventing room scene to me at least is a big come down from the chocolate room and uh like the boat scene like it is just a lot of just willie going to station to station explaining what he's working on and talking about it and it's kind of like not necessarily the most exciting. It's a little long on the tooth. I'm not gonna lie. Like, so I'm just like, yeah, just turn her violet already. Let's, let's <laughs> you know, let's go. Uh, that's that's more so what I was referring to about 
the the movie kind of crescendoing early is there's still plenty of exciting things that are happening later on, but it always takes you something you kind of forget is kind of okay to get there. Okay. Um, uh, fuck Grandpa Joe again mm-hmm. for the fizzy lifting drink scene. Mm-hmm. Charlie's not going to do that unless he's like, come on, Charlie, let's, you know, let's sneak yeah. it. Grandpa Joe's the kind of person that would send Charlie down the street to go get him booze. No, and tobacco. Oh, and tobacco, yes, of course. Um, but that scene ends up being kind of charming Fine. and cute. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's never been my favorite, but it is sure. kind of nice. And then we get... Uh, and then we get the geese who lay the golden eggs. Veruca and we the golden get, goose scene is great. We get one of the greatest scenes that has such a great message mm-hmm. about the good egg and the bad egg. And it's so simple. It's so simple, too. It's like... She's a bad egg. She's a bad egg. This this scale measures if it's a good egg or a bad egg. That's it. It's, it's real simple. Yep. She steps on it. She's a bad egg. Down Done. she goes. But it's just like the power of that scene and like her interaction with the Oompa Loompas. It's just... I just think it's great. I think it's fantastic. But I love the character of Veruca Salt. Um, I also do like Violet, but Veruca Salt is my I think girl. that's probably my third favorite scene in the movie. It's the fir- just the a first great being scene. what I just referenced. And it's, and it's, it's pretty unexpected when you, the first time you see it. You don't, you know, you're like, okay, this is a murder factory, right? You got Augustus glutton. <laughs> Drinking this chocolate fountain, getting sucked. But like up. for each got... for each person, you kind of have like an assurance. Like for Augustus, like oh, he's just he's stuck in the tubes, and we have to go like like dig him out. Violet's like oh, we're gonna juice her, you know. Like Veruca, you see her plummet to her death. Yeah, she goes to the furnace. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then there's burning in hand. Um, yeah, so so it, it's just it's just it's so just great. We already established that Gene Wilder is obviously goes without saying the MVP of this movie, but I do have Veruca Salt on my list with one other person as like. I think somebody who would be a backup MVP, like she does a really good job of bringing to life that little girl that everybody knows, whether from back then to today, like that, those fucking shitty kids exist. And when you encounter them, you just want to fuck, you want to, you want them to go into a furnace. Yeah. (laughs) Um, she does a great job and I believe I'm not mistaken. She's the only one who kept acting. Yeah. She, she kept on. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm sure she had a working career, but she never reached the heights of this. Something I I found that was really charming was how like close the cast of this movie stayed. Like the kids all stayed in contact with That's one really another. Nice. They like routinely go to conventions and things. And then when Gene Wilder passed a few years ago, um, the the guy who plays Charlie, Peter Ostrom, he ended up becoming I think like a veteran veterinarian or something. Actually, kind of like renowned in his field for it. And on his Twitter or whatever social media was for his profile, he put, like, the day that uh, Gene Wilder died, inherited a chocolate factory on, like, that day. Aww, and I was like, that's really sweet. That's sweet. Um, and, like, how they all honored him and stuff. But um, another, like, odd critique I have about the movie mm. while complimenting it is basically after Veruca's gone, you get the Wonka-mobile... And like the washing. And the foam. And the foam. Which and then was Mike hilarious. TV. Like that almost happens like too fast. Like we spent all this time kind of building up yeah. to the anticipation of like, oh man, we're losing kids. What's gonna happen? And like from 
that to like him getting zapped in and going to the taffy pulling going machine. to the taffy pulling machine is just like that's like such a quick like they kind of whip at it like I, I would have liked to again have a little bit more time to digest what's happening all this stuff is good it's it's all fun and interesting scenes but I, I just was expecting a little bit more out of it um but ultimately ends up being fine because my second favorite scene in the movie is, is Gene Wilder going fucking ham going in that final scene, ham. just chewing scenery. And Ugh. I wouldn't say he's chewing. Well, he could because I'm sure it's edible. But I'm sure it is. But I like, said good day. You lose, sir. I want I mean, Daniel Lee Lewis to come back to just do a shot by shot remake of this movie. I mean, amazing. So it's 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 etc. etc. Et I'm gonna start using that all the time. When, I, when I'm mad about something to you, I'm just gonna start saying etc. etc. <laughs> just to prove that I have more to say, but I can't think about it at the moment. Um, I mean, it's just great. It, it's just great. The whole the office vibes too, with everything in everything's half. being half for whatever reason. For whatever re- I've just, never just to be eccentric. again. There's no explanation for just it. Just to be eccentric. It's yes. just because, and I think it's really fabulous. Like it, it that is how you build a world. You just it is, and that's it. Yeah. And it doesn't need explanation. Um, I think it's fantastic. And then when when Charlie gives back that gobstopper. And just so quietly, he, Gene Wilder just puts his hand over it mm. and so shines a good deed in a weary world. Mm-hmm. Like, amazing. That's all he was waiting for the whole time. All he was waiting for the whole so time. So it, it leads to an interesting, well, there's not really a scenario of situation in the movie, but like, had something like that happened earlier, does he just call, like, well, I think the whole point of it is, so let's, I don't want to get too deep in the woods on like no, let's theories get into and thought it, about because it because I'll do it. So all of this is premeditated, right? Yes, yes, like, absolutely. Right down to like pre-planned. He, all he of picked it. the kids that he got knew. the tickets he because knew. as soon as they got them, like he sends uh, not Slugworth out to you know get in their right. ear exactly. And but like so he did do that just kind of like. Build them up, so it's kind of to like, like be comfortable to like continue to be their shitty selves, and then teach them a lesson in that moment. Well, so it's social commentary, right? Sure. It's. I mean, if you're if you're a, a dick, you're always going to be a dick. Yeah, right. I, know. I well, I know you know. I'm aware that you're aware. I'm glad. I'm glad I said it as your hand gestured to confirm it as well. So. Yes, absolutely. So. Like, it, it's social commentary. Like, it's very purposeful and premeditated because the motivations, the interior motivations of these children, the self-motivation, mm-hmm. isn't rooted in goodness. And that's the, the whole point. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's gluttony, it's selfishness, it's, you know, competition, it's... Whatever it is, is that driving factor. And they're all assholes, and they're not going to change. There isn't any light there. Yeah. But the story, the the point of Charlie is, like, he veered with, like, the fizzy lifting drink and, you know, whatever, having Slughorn's thought in his 
ear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, did I say Slughorn? Because I meant Slugworth. I think you said Slugworth. I think I said Slughorn. Maybe. Who is a professor in Harry Potter. I, I'm aware. But, sorry. Um, so, but the whole point is, like, he still remained true. Like, he, he still, he couldn't be anyone other than himself. Just, yeah. like, all these kids were in situations. They couldn't be anyone other than themselves. Right. They yeah, couldn't. He was, he was tempted. He was because, tempted, but he because, still... And he was also even tempted for almost the right reasons, especially in that moment, because even before... There's no indication before, you know, Willie shows, like, this evil side to himself to, like, kind of test Charlie that Charlie still couldn't have given him that candy back. But as Wonka basically is portraying as Grandpa Joe in the one moment he's being fine... Uh, says like you're you're a crook like you know like you get the child's hopes up and you crash him just for uh, technicality essentially even though it really wasn't Grandpa Joe they, they broke yeah the yeah you fucked up but yeah but well, compared Joe. to the other ones you know it, it's fucking minor uh like Charlie still had the chance to do like Charlie would have been almost warranted to do it in that moment absolutely to, to better his family absolutely to to, to create a better life for and his, that's the whole point yeah like it, it's that's so the whole good. point it's but my, so Wonderful. My question I, I kind of referenced earlier, I think, is null and void, but I'll reiterate, in that, like, if there was something that presented it earlier in the movie, like, does Wonka just be like, all right, we're done, you get it, everyone get out. <laughs> like, that wouldn't happen because it goes against the point of showing the kids the lesson they have, but if he just done something earlier in the movie where it's like, oh, no, somebody's falling, who's going to help? And Charles like, I'll help him, all right, well, you get the chocolate factory. Like, like that's just funny to me <laughs> compared to this whole torturing children thing, which is also funny to me. Um, but yeah, the, the the ending is beautiful in terms of just how sweet and like earnest Willie is with him. Um, whilst like I referenced earlier, still having that element of danger almost of the Wonka Vader, which I still do not understand how there's never been a Willy Wonka ride or attraction or something that captures all of this as much as possible. Like the Wonka Vader that goes sideways and long ways and slant ways. Like that's just begging to be a fucking dope ass. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, and it just kind of ends on this like really simple and sweet note of like, yep, you're moving to the chocolate factory with your whole family and you're going to help me take care of it until the day I die. And that's it. That's it. Like it's, it's just, it's just awesome. And the music is really, really good. Except one exception. I, I always forget about the mom song. It's so shoe Oh, yeah, I don't like the mom in. song. I don't like the mom in general or, like, her song. It's just like, I, I, it's not necessary. That feels like, that felt like the scene that Disney would add into the live-action remake. <laughs> does that make sense? It does. Oh, it absolutely Like, oh, sense. we gotta give the woman a song to sing. Like, hey, yo, fuck so, you. congratulations for the forward-thinking this movie had uh, 50 years ago to include that, but totally unnecessary in this case. Um... So before we get into more performance talk, anything else scene-wise? Uh, our penultimate swerve number. What 149. I thought it was more than that. No, it's only 149. Okay. Jillian loved this, by the way. Oh, yeah, Jillian loved Watches it. Watches with Jillian. She, she loved was it. enamored with it. She She's loved been... the Oompa Loompa songs. So the... Oompa Loompa Doobody I couldn't... Uh, this is for all the Podswoggle fans. I couldn't resist the first scene when they come out. I'm like, it's Kaz! Because of the Botchamania joke. Uh, because Taz is just a short little orange man. <laughs> That's what the joke is. That's fine. Um, Taz can be whatever he wants. I know, because he's he's the Look dad at his to your yeah he's the dad to your future uh, second husband. Um, Third. 
Third? What? Jack Perry's also... Oh, you're fucking gross. Why? If you... I am not. Don't throw this at me, and this is on the record right now. If if we ever get divorced or anything happens to me... Uh I'm going to do two caveats. If we get divorced and you marry or even go on a date with Jack Perry, I'm going to Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown, the two of you. (laughs) Why? I could very easily kill Jack Perry because he sucks, and he knows what he did. But it's okay, it's fine, because CM Punk's going to win the Royal Rumble now. So actually, I should fucking send him a Christmas card. <laughs> I should actually send him a Christmas card. Uh, and then, if you... If I'm dead, and it happens, I'm going to haunt your dreams. <laughs> I don't dream, so that's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to God and say, God... God has nothing to do with Give it. her dreams. God has nothing to do with I'm it. I'm going to go to Satan and say, Satan... Help me get in her head. Freddy Krueger me and my ex-wife. Ex meaning that I'm dead. Because she's with fucking Luke Perry's dickhead, thin ass, scrawny ass, shitty ass What is kid. this? Why are you doing a fuck you of the week on Jack Because I don't have pot talk to do this on. What is going on Real here? glass, crime or whatever. What a pussy. Um, hook is fine. Dude, you don't even know this guy. I know enough. I know enough, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Uh, anything else <laughs> before we get into performances? Oh, we're talking about the Oompa Loompas. I need um, to put this ice pack back on my head. Are the Oompa Loompas the most iconic thing from the movie? At this point? Besides um, Veruca? Oh, I think they're way more than Veruca. Outside the fact that there was a band named Veruca Salt, like a one-hit wonder, but like, yeah. if, if someone were to ask, if someone were on the street, like Family Feud style, went, this would be a new recurring bit on this podcast. Fam- what's the Family Feud top answer about this movie in terms of like, what do you know about this movie? Yeah, Oompa Loompa. I think, I, I think like the top five in any order, I think Oompa Loompas would be close. Chocolate River. Just, just cho- I would say just chocolate. Like, chocolate. Like, oh, that's the chocolate guy, right? Mm-hmm. I think people would think, I think Gene Wilder would be close to there, and yeah. I think Pure Imagination is like the song. Would sure, be there because sure, that's sure. been in like other things like South yeah. Park and okay. well and like the like the like the camera commercials and like film commercials and stuff. But I think image wise, like the Oompa Loompa. Yeah, Where's but I think Veruca Salt would be there too. I think she'd be five. I think she'd be. At the yeah, end. I think she'd be on there. The go- like or the Golden Goose. Something, yeah, you know. I mean, the Golden or ticket. maybe Violet becoming the Blueberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Veruca's above Violet. Violet. You're turning Violet. Uh, the just the aesthetic of the golden ticket. So we referenced it earlier. There is a uh, a really good board game called Wonka. No, it's called the Golden Ticket. Oh, it is called the Golden Ticket. Um, where uh, you play as one of the kids, you go around all these different places, and you're collecting bars of chocolate. And the way the game ends is you go through all the the bars, and depending on how many people you play, there's one or multiple golden tickets. And whoever has golden tickets wins the game. And every time we play, I'm so excited to just get to the end to like unveil the chocolate bars. And see the golden ticket. It's that's, very, very. It's well and it's like it's an exact replica. It looks great. That's why I was sad when we played that I won so easily the two times we played because I got the ticket so quickly. I didn't get a chance to open more bars. It's just luck in that regard. But it wasn't. I had so many more bars in it, and I caught that beanie. No, I need me. it. No, it's not even cold anymore. Go get me another one. We only have this one. Go get me an, another. Ice. We're almost done. You can wait. Okay, give it You're back. Gonna be fine. Um. So we named Gene Wilder the MVP. 
I already mentioned Veruca Salt would be a runner-up MVP. My other MVP runner-up would be the kid who plays Charlie. I think he's a really good, precocious, spirited kid actor. I just did not like when he tried to cry in the in the scene in his room in the bed when they were um, talking about how. Oh, he's not getting more chances. The fifth person ha- found, found the, the ticket, ticket yeah. and cut to him like crying, but it was like. I didn't like it. Okay. I didn't like it. Um, besides that, I think he does a really, really good job. So he, they would be my my other uh, my other people. Um, LVP. I have a list because this movie does have children acting, and it is it is in the seventies, and where you have some incredibly British people in this. There's nothing wrong with British people when they're incredibly British and they can't act. It's really obnoxious. Uh, so I have I have like four people, but I'm interested to see who. No, you have a tell me who you to. have. I want to see you for just talk for no. ten minutes, like I always do. Well, it's I not going to stop you because I'm going to say something and then you're going to interrupt me and and just go on your tangent. This is the movie you pick for your birthday. I want to see who your pick and preference would be. Well, I did not like the parents more than the children in this. I thought there there were. Better children actors overall than the parents who accompanied them. So I have a kid and a parent on my list. Okay, well, I thought the mother of Mike TV was just meh. Anybody could have done it. I agree in that regard. I don't. I don't Didn't think do she was. I don't me. think she was super offensive. I do want to point. Don't get me started on his dad, though. <laughs> One scene where you see his dad. His dad. Gave me real big fucking what's-his-name's dad and Deck the Heart Energy. <laughs> Just from sitting on the couch and being like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> uh, so I didn't have... I, 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 go ahead. Go, keep going. No, that's, so, not, so, that's not the parent so I have. So that... Um, I did, we talked... The Candyman at the beginning was creepy. He was real creepy. He, he still was fine. He was creepy, but I still liked his song and his I, performance. Well, I liked the song, but he didn't write it. Sure, but I think he performed it well. Oh well, sure. Um, I also think you know. Well, I like Augustus. Like he didn't do anything. He but just yeah, that's, that, yeah, he didn't do anything that As was one of the five main characters. You would think he's not really a main character. Um, so the kid, I already flamed him earlier. Is the Mike kid who TV? plays Mike TV. He's just a weird talking twerp, and it's just obnoxious. And I, I didn't even it fit the character. But, like, it almost fit it to a degree where, like, it became unbelievable. Um, I just didn't like him at all. Uh, the parent I didn't like was Veruca's dad. I thought he was, like, just over the top and annoying in, like, a, an obnoxiously European you way. <laughs> what would you do if you had Veruca as your daughter? Oh, I would have left her on a fire, uh, fire station doorstep fucking way earlier than that. Um, but they ultimately are not my actual pick. I have uh, there's one. Well, we that all we know c- how you feel about Grandpa Joe. So the character aside, I think the actor does a really good job. Also, he's like one of the rare people on the planet that won the triple crown of acting. <laughs> so he's like a really good actor, and I think he does a good job in the movie. It's just the character that sucks. I'm not making fun of the actor. I'm making fun of Grandpa Joe himself. The character being a piece of shit. Uh, there's a kid in the in like the candy scene. In the classroom, a couple times, I just called him Exposition Kid. Uh, it's not him, but he gets like two or three 
like quick like little paragraphs to say. And it's like he, he was he was like a sixth grader reading in front of the class for the first time ever, and it pissed me off. Well, he's the kid that, like at the doorstep. Was like, yeah, they found the last gold ticket. Yada yada yada. And, like it just, I hate. Oh this. yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but my actual vote is for Charlie's fucking teacher. Oh, Charlie's I hate Charlie's teacher. Is like. You the said. most British I want to be on Monty Python, but I suck asshole I've ever seen in my life. You did say He's that. He's the epitome of what I was talking about half an hour ago about the first like 30 minutes of this movie wasting its time on like things that just aren't interesting and funny. He gets like two or three scenes like in this world of just like getting to do whatever he kind of wants to do. With the script and his dialogue, and he is just terrible. Yeah. I write down his facial expressions and his like body language and everything he's doing. I'm like, get me away from this teacher. I was waiting for like the other shoe to drop and him being like an evil teacher, but he's not. He's just a doofus, and it just doesn't work. And it doesn't work to me because of the way that he's portraying it. So he would be my number one vote. Okay. Uh, that actor is watching me somebody like fucking famous and good as shit. Hold on. Let me find him. That actor is... David Batley. David. Oh, look at Mrs. Gloop. Chris. <laughs> look at the picture on IMDb of I Mrs. Saw Gloop. The picture. <laughs> How could you miss her? Uh, what was his name again? Sorry. David, David Batley. David Batley. I recognize that name. Uh, and I'm wrong. He just... He just looks like any other fucking big nose Brit. Uh, oh, he passed away in two thousand three. Sorry to hear. Uh, so David Batley is the LVP of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, I'm excited to see Wonka next weekend. It got much better reviews than the trailer would indicate that it did. Oh, Most good. people are chalking up the fact, you know, that it's uh, the guy who did Pat- the Paddington movies that that are absolutely beloved. Um, also, a lot of people did not know because it was not marketed as such. It is also a musical. Uh, Hollywood's doing this weird thing now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Samantha had the uh, the ice beanie on and the forward flap of it like rolled down when she wasn't moving, and it was just funny to me. Um, you're trying to make it happen again. Stop, and it is happening, and I'm going to keep talking until it happens, like this bit I do with Jillian. There we go. Uh, it happened with, uh, it kind of is happening with The Color Purple right now. It's definitely happening with Mean Girls right now. Like, they just flat out don't reference the musical in any promotion oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatsoever now. And it happened with something else. Uh, but because of, like, West Side Story and In the Heights and other things, like, underperforming, like, like there was no reference in any things at all That's that Wonk crazy. is a musical. So I had a friend That's from crazy. work who saw it. And they're like, yeah, I didn't have no idea. Like, the movie just opens like a big musical number. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And they're like, I guess. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm excited. Well, yeah. You're a musical theater nerd. Yeah. Uh, well, also, this is a musical. Like, It is a musical. Like, You're people right. forget the original is technically a musical. There's like eight, nine songs in it. More than that. So, uh, yeah. What else on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? I think we covered it. I mean, I it's just a classic movie with... Real memorable scenes and lines and songs, and it just checks a lot of boxes. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it stands the test of time, and it's 
it's forever, right? Like, Jillian, like, this is not like anything Jillian's watched. This is probably the oldest movie Jillian's watched. Has she watched anything older than this? Yes. Oh, they besides Wizard, the of Wizard of Oz. Every but besides year. The Wizard of Oz, this would be the second oldest thing I think she's watched. I don't think she's watched sure. anything else. Sure. Even if I've shown her, like, like animated or kids things, I don't think they're from like the 60s. Um, well, this came out in 71. Right, but still, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know, this would be as far back as it goes. Yeah. And the fact that she was engaged, that it, it captured her, that she's been thinking about it and is excited for the other one, like, that's, that shows you how good something can be. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's your birthday, so you score it first. I just think it's a classic movie. I have a lot of sentiment with it. Um, I love the book as well. Uh, I have read the book. I, after I read uh, Matilda, I did go on a little Roald Dahl spat at that time, and I read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I read James and the Giant yeah. Peach. I think those. I think you would also really like his adult. You, you've said that a bunch. I just, I it's so hard for me to read like I know, fiction now. I know, I just, but I think you would really enjoy. It. He's, I just, he is a really good author. Anything really I read writer. it is like like an entertainment on fiction. Oh great! Is, you know, or how, sports on fiction. How great! That's what I enjoy. Fuck you! I don't make. I do make fun of all the other weird shit you read and, yep. and play, so never mind. Yeah, you sure do. That's fair. Mm-hmm. What's your score? Mm-hmm. It's um, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Oh, wow. That's really low for really? what I was expecting. I'm going a nine and a half. Oh, wow. It's close to a ten for me. I was expecting going into it. I was expecting it to be a ten, if I'm being 100% honest. The half point I, I knock off is for the stuff I mentioned throughout the podcast that I just never remember. I mean, that you to me, me off of, like, Mike TV and with, like, all those asides and stuff like that. Yeah, but, like, those things are minimal to me, even though I was talking about how long they last. Yeah! You you kind of made me give it a lower score, like, convince me, because it was, like... But then there are, like bombastic. I said, there are, like, there are... 20 to 30 to 40 minute chunks in this movie that I think are like you couldn't I have no notes like it's just like this is great like it, yeah. it's got amazing music it's got for a movie that's got a lot of kids in it it's got really good performances including like we talked about one of the most iconic performances to the point where like when Heath Ledger was announced as the Joker as an example people were like you can't top Jack Nicholson the the first one that I remember in my lifetime that happening for is when Tim Burton was announced as doing a Willy Wonka movie. Yeah. And people were like, well, you better fucking get Gene Wilder because no one else can be Willy Wonka. And it was proven correct. Uh, <laughs> even though, I, whatever you want to say about Johnny Depp in that role, he made it his own at the very least. Yeah, you know what it's I mean? a very different character. But, but there's no topping it. So this movie is, is very close to me to being a 10. Um, even just from a... Like, some movies from a sentimentality and just a feeling right aspect i give an extra bump because there's the intangibles there that you can't even kind of explain so a nine for willy wonka the chocolate factory is a very very good score uh that was your birthday movie we're gonna get to my birthday movie in three weeks time which is oppenheimer can't wait your first viewing of it i'm gonna take your phone away from you uh when we watch it um so you cannot do any hijinks whether it be tabulating things or playing whatever bullshit game you want you locked in that's ridiculous i have to be able to do my swerves no 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 yeah it's continuing no it's not samantha it is not continuing you've said it over and over again how this is ruining your movie viewing experience it is because i actually have to watch the fucking movies okay 
it's a nice try at reverse psychology, but how about you just, like, I don't know, be a human being and watch a movie without having to, you know, ruin it for yourself? What? I don't know. What? I was going to say without being on your phone. And I'm like, well, you have to write notes at least. Yeah, so I have to. But then it could just be, whatever. We're watching Fast X next week. Uh, and in between there, we have our Mullet Award nomination. So uh, we'll watch Fast X. Uh, we'll probably watch it Wednesday. Because we already have plans now. Oh, we'll have to watch it Wednesday. Oh, shit. I don't know when we're going to watch it. Well, no, we'll watch it because Monday's Christmas. Tuesday, uh, Tope will be here recording for Podswoggle. So if you're subscribed to Podswoggle, new episodes of Podswoggle will be coming out because Topia will be here. And then Thursday, I was going to go to the movies. And then Friday and Saturday, we're going to the movies. All right, well, fuck so it. So we'll have to, we'll, 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 we'll have to record after the movie Friday night or we'll have to record right after Fast X on yeah, we'll the Wednesday. Um, and then from there, we'll have our Mullet Award nominations. And then we have all kinds of good stuff coming up. Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, Won't You Be My Neighbor, Football Station, and more. Also, we are reaching the end of 2023, and our board game challenge, we haven't been keeping people up to date on, our uh, board game challenge will be ending uh, in just a few days' time. I'm currently, uh, have a pretty sizable lead on you after... Not as sizable as you used to have! No, you battled back very, very well, but um, as of right now, I would be the winner of that, and because of that, if I do win, I remember the stakes of that, whereas I get to pick... A film franchise of my choice to watch uh, on the podcast in 2024. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say what that is yet because I don't want to jinx myself about winning. But we'll be doing that mm-hmm. uh, in February or March. We'll be starting. That. Okay. On top of, we'll also be doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for our wrap-it-up series. So we got we got a hot first three months of, the, of 2024 on this podcast. Sure. But until then, as Samantha plucks her eyebrows with her fingers like a barbarian... Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're going to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content, like those Neil Breen episodes that maybe, if things calm down next week, can actually get around to edit. Oh, yeah, good luck. And start putting them up uh, while that is still a thing. Uh, Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Mary W Movies on Twitter, Mary Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. Uh, make sure you're following us there so you can see all the, the highlights of our, of our holiday, uh, of Samantha's birthday and Christmas. We'll be posting probably pictures of the festivities and the gifts and the fun. The first pictures of 37 year old Samantha. Gross. <laughs> Are you ready? No. Ugh, not looking forward to it. But it's okay, because then three weeks later, you'll be 37. I'm ready. I'm going to fucking rock 37. I don't know why. I'm like, 37? I'm like, yeah, 37 sounds like the age you're like, yep, I'm a fucking adult and a half now. Okay. That's a sequel to Cop and a Half, where it's just a, a poor little boy. It's just a poor little boy just hanging out with a, an adult he doesn't know. That's all that it is. Oh, gosh. Hey, which is a different movie. That might be that Candyman movie I was talking about earlier. <laughs> That's the remake uh, Jordan Peele should have done. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. This whole time we were talking about me beating you in games, I should should have said, You lose, ma'am! Good day! That was way... That was not right at all. That's terrible. I said that like a shitty wrestler promo. Yeah, you did. Like a Jack Perry promo. 
He doesn't know how to cut a promo as Jack Perry. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.